So welcome to the Project Plenty podcast series, where we ask the question, what will 2030 look like? And we'll ask that question across a range of topics important to Queensland and to our church. It's a series of conversations that will help us enter into a whole of church discernment and planning exercise that we hope might give shape to our life in the next decade. Over the course of this series, we'll invite our guests to reflect on this question, what 2030 looks like from their perspective and ask what role the Uniting Church could play as this future approaches. My name's Scott Guyatt, and I'm glad that you can join us. So a quick note about today's recording. Uh, we had a little bit of background noise going on in the first few minutes of our conversation. That's just a fact of life as we record in a busy office environment. I hope you'll bear with us. We'll do our best to clean that up. And the recording does get better as we continue. So joining me today, Jeff Batkin. Jeff's the CEO of Wesley Mission Queensland, where he's been a part of the team since 1997. A member of the Order of Australia as well, and Jeff and I are going to explore a whole range of conversation around aged care uh, and what might go on there in the next five to ten years. Welcome, Jeff. So, I mean, Jeff, where, how did you get to be here you, um, in this kind of work with um, Wesley Mission Queensland? But maybe even go back a little bit further and, you know, what's yeah. your connection with the Uniting Church? Well, I've had the uh, privilege of being part of the Christian Church uh, yeah. since the age of 21. So I've okay. been a business manager of a theological college in Melbourne. Really? And ever since uh, about 26, 27, yeah. I've been working in uh, community services with either the Anglican Church or the Uniting Church. Is that out of a kind of a real sense of call for you? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I sort of felt early on in my uh, Christian journey, if you can find a job that you love doing that expresses yeah. the gospel, yeah. and how can you find a job uh, like you do in aged care and community services where you're providing care and support to yeah. those most in need in the community. And for me, that's God's mission in the world. And yeah. if I can be part of that yeah. and have the privilege of being part of that for uh, close on 40 years now. Oh, no, you don't need to give the numbers. <laughs> uh, 40 years is a long yeah, time. It is a little while. That's uh, yeah, yeah. exactly how it is. And yeah. it's been exciting. Yeah. Um, my wife and I and three sons came to Queensland 21 years ago. Okay. I promised Judy at that point in time I was going to be uh, in the job for about three years. Oh, really? I, oh, are you in trouble? Uh, oh, I, I was actually, okay. yeah, a little bit. Um, when I first came here, I hadn't worked in aged care whatsoever. So okay. I was coming from a community service background into an aged care organisation, Wesley Mission. So just to find that community service background, what kinds of things are we talking about there? So the organisation I worked for in Sydney was called uh, Burnside and it was providing care and support for children and families yep. um, who were homeless, facing okay. domestic violence, um, foster care and those sorts of things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, having done that for 11 years, I actually then had uh, came to Queensland for Wesley Mission, which at that point in time was only involved in aged care, okay. residential aged care. Okay. So did some of your experience at Burnside then, in a sense, help to shape or influence the directions that Wesley Mission Queensland has taken since then? Because, you know, as an organisation, yeah. you're into all of those areas now. Yeah. So my hope and dream for the organisation, and I can look back now and say that in many cases those hopes and dreams have been realised, yeah. I had the view that uh, a mission uh, founded out of a congregation, a city congregation, yeah. should uh, provide a diversity of services for people in need. So yeah. when I first came here, the aim was how do we grow and diversify our services, focusing on either unmet need, yep. nobody else was doing yep. it, yep. 
or need within the community in terms of children and families. Yeah, okay. So our aged care work has grown and grown considerably, but the fastest growing area of our work has been supporting kids and families at yeah, all yeah. ages and stages of life. Okay. So can we just rewind for a second? Because you mentioned there the connection between Wesley Mission Queensland and congregation, and that's mm. you know Albert Street, I yeah. guess, is the congregation. What, what's the connection? Oh, it's a significant connection. Um, our governance is formed out of that, the vision of the organisation. So when I actually look at um, the Uniting Church in Queensland, it's incredible that most of the work that is now done through Wesley Mission, Uniting Care, yep. actually started in congregations. Yeah, yeah. People who were, at that point in time, courageous, focusing on discipleship, focusing on mission, and they gave birth to a seedling, and that yep. seedling is now turned into an incredibly strong uh, tree mm. that's providing that kind yeah. of uh, care and support for um, a significant number of people in Queensland. And, and perhaps and emerging out of that same kind of thing of looking for an unmet need. Um, yes, absolutely. Some, you know, in cases, yeah. people being aware of what's going on in their community, what can we do? That's exactly How do we get right. So yeah. you actually look at uh, Blue Care's work at the moment, yep. uh, residential aged care. Yeah. Um, it's the largest provider in Queensland. Yeah. Um, and the thing I'm proud about is the Uniting Church, when you look at all the different names under which we operate, is by far the largest provider of aged care and community services in the country. Okay. And that was all formed largely out of people in congregations yeah. seeking to engage with their community. And when I actually think of things about Project Plenty, yeah. um, that's the kind of thing that... Uh, the church has been doing yeah. and will continue to do. We just need to find new ways of how we can do yeah, that yeah. best. So let, let's talk a little bit about aged care specifically then. Mm. Um, so when, I mean, are we just talking about stereotypical old folks' homes? Is, you know, is this the kind of classic nursing home kind of stuff? What, give me a sense of what is, the, what is the breadth of aged care? You know, what are we talking about when we use a term like aged care? So in, in Australia, there's um, support for older people, um, generally over 65, yep. uh, about 1.1 million Australians are actually given some form of uh, support to live the best life that they can. Okay. And this is separate from their age pension? Like this is yes. not kind of personal so, income, this is yep. other so that, support? Yeah, it's that kind of support. So it yep. might be something small like uh, transport, yep. Uh, yep. it might be attending a day respite centre yep. once a week. Okay. Or it moves into uh, typically what we see as aged care, which is residential aged yeah, care. Yeah. Um, but also there's in-home care and a whole range of support services for older people. So it's a significant uh, service to the community. Yeah. Um, and one of the big challenges that we face is as the number of older people is growing, yeah. um, that's going to uh, place great challenges, but also really incredible opportunities. So. One of my concerns at yep. the moment for aged care is we have this uh, view that our ageing population is a, a huge problem that we need to solve. Yeah, okay. But I think of myself, I'm not too far from retirement. And well, what if, do I yeah, want to do There's in numbers up from earlier in our yeah. conversation. Yeah. Yep. So what do I want to do in retirement? Yeah. Um, I actually want to engage with the community. I want to yeah, volunteer. Yeah. I want to yep. be part of uh, organisations yeah. like Wesley Mission or Uniting Care and yep. actually do hands-on yep. care and support work. So that's not a problem to be it's solved, is it? It's not a problem to yeah. be solved. When you actually think of those numbers, yeah. uh, 65 and older, that's a huge volunteer base. Yeah. And after all, that's how 
the Uniting Church, in its early stages, started forming the services that we now know today. Yeah, okay. It's all yeah. about volunteering yeah. and engaging in the yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. And that volunteering following, in a sense, a passion uh, you know, that someone might have. Um, yeah, it's a passion that somebody might yeah. have. Um, and in the case of a church, it's part of the broader mission of the church. Yeah. So we're talking about the Uniting Church and Aged Care, and we've talked a little bit about you know how sometimes that's emerged out of a personal passion and a, you know a noticing you know of an opportunity in a local community that over years has morphed into something else uh, or something more substantial. Are there other? I mean, are there core theological or missional reasons why we as a church are involved in aged care um, beyond the kind of personal passion mm. projects, if that makes sense? Absolutely. Um, so when I'm uh, talking with uh, new staff, uh, I usually refer to um, Micah chapter 6 and okay. what is it that God requires of us. Yep. And it's the most simple statement about yeah. the gospel, in my opinion, within the Bible. What is yeah. it that God requires of us? To do justice, to yeah. love mercy and to walk in humility. And that, in my opinion, is exactly what is happening in the church's work for vulnerable people in aged care. Not all people in aged care are vulnerable no. as such. Um, uh, so the aged care system helps people live better lives. Yeah. But in residential aged care and in-home care, there is a higher level of vulnerability. So in aged care, 200,000 people across Australia, 53% of those people have a form of dementia. Is that right? So wow. you think about that. Yeah. Um, and 70% have a form of dementia, mental illness yeah. or cognitive decline. Yeah. And that's, that's the complexity of that's what is residential aged care yeah. these days. Are those, I mean, as we, as our lifespan increases, mm. I don't know if this is related, but are we seeing, is that proportion increasing? So are there more people in residential aged care now with dementia than there might have been 20 years ago? Absolutely. So is that it is purely it, a function of increased lifespan, or is it's it? It's a it's a function of increased lifespan, and yeah. as we live longer, yeah. um, the uh, body and mind has longer to decline. Yeah. And interestingly, one of those life and death questions is how do we help people to live life and live a good life, yeah. but not prolong life. Yeah, to okay. the nth degree yeah. where a person is no longer living. Yeah. Okay. I'm reminded of a quote from a, one of my favourite movies called Wally, which was, um, and the quote said, uh, we don't want to survive, we want to live. Yes. Um, and there's a, there's a real difference, yeah. isn't there, between Absolutely. those two things. Yep. Uh, and one of the biggest issues in aged care, residential aged care and in-home care these days, uh, it's not only in those areas, but it's actually loneliness in the community. Yeah. So loneliness, uh, there are a lot of people who aren't, aren't known by their neighbours, uh, yeah. they don't have family necessarily around, and many people who come into aged care had a picture of what it might look like, yeah. residential aged care. Yeah. But one of the things they then experience is all of a sudden there's more people there, there's staff, yeah. there's people who show them love, care and compassion each and every day yeah. and their life is transformed. It's actually better. Absolutely. In, in, in that sense. Yes, because yeah. loneliness is one of the biggest plagues of the aged care system. 
That's it. I mean, the, the phrase epidemic of loneliness kind of bounces around in our media and so on from time to time, doesn't it? So Absolutely. I think it's, you know, as mm. you've said, not just in aged care, mm. but a kind of a broader challenge yep. for our society. Mm. Um, we talked a little bit there about ageing population, um, but not just the ageing population, but growing population. You know, and I, I've read some statistics that talk about um, something like double the number of people over the age of 65 by the time we get to around the 2050 kind of mark. I yes. mean, that's an extraordinary, extraordinary growth, isn't it? I mean, what sorts of challenges is, is that going to put on our systems mm. in general, but then us as a, as a church or as a provider over the next sort of, you know, say 10 years or so? So again, I'll mention um, it is extraordinary both in opportunity and challenge. Yeah, so, no, fair call. Um, the statistics are the numbers go from something like 3.8 million around this time, people yep. older than 65, up to six and a half, yeah. close to seven million, okay. 2045 or thereabouts. Yeah. However, um, people at 65 generally are active, healthy That's the new people 40, within right? the community. 65 Absolutely. is the new 40, yeah. So um, the fastest growing segment of our population and the biggest challenge is those who are 85 years yeah, of age. Okay. So those who are 85 years of age will quadruple between roughly wow. 2015 quadruple. and 2045. I've not read my statistics well enough because no, that's, a, and, that's and a surprise to me. So that is a huge yeah. one. And yeah. the other important statistic is that area of people who are older than 85, 70% of people who are older than 85 yeah. actually receive or need some form of uh, support through the aged care system. Yeah, okay. So just think about that. Yeah. That number is going to quadruple between now and 2045. 70% of those will yeah, need some, support. some sort of support. So what's your sense then of where that where that will be most felt? I mean, is this a mm. is this a building an infrastructure issue? Is it a training staff kind of you know issue? Is it a cost? Is it all of those things? Um, um, what's your sense of what are the big Pain points or pressure okay. points. So it, it is all of those things. Yeah. Um, Uniting Care Australia, of which uh, Wesley and Uniting Care Queensland are very much a part, yeah. we are preparing a future visioning document at the moment okay. for the Royal Commission. Okay. So um, the challenges and opportunities. One of the things that we do in Australia is we have the highest proportion of our 85-year-old uh, residents. Yeah in uh, nursing home care. So we are by far the largest proportional people who provide care and support in a nursing home. Okay. Is that comparing to other Western Other Western countries, countries yes. Okay. So, you know, somebody might say we institutionalise too many people, whereas in some other countries um, they spend and provide a lot more support for people in their home. Yeah, okay. And that is where at the moment the biggest change that we will make over the next five years, hopefully, yeah. is doubling the number of in-home care packages. Okay. And that will have incredible impacts in terms of reducing the yeah. cost to the yeah. taxpayer of residential yeah. aged care and giving people what they want, which is yeah. as much as possible, they want to stay in their own home. Yeah. And, a, and a quality of life that we've already talked about yeah. earlier on. So one of the great shames for our country at the moment is there are about 140,000 people who have been assessed by the government as needing an in-home care package yep. 
who are having to wait, in some cases, up to 12 months. Okay. And what do you do if you have to wait for 12 months? The impact is people move into aged care rather residential. than residential yeah. aged care, rather, rather than, than go, get, yeah. get the care they want yeah. in their home. Yeah. And that has the impact of costing yeah, yeah. the taxpayer more. More. People land in hospital as well, is that? Like, is there sometimes there's a route through hospital and then Absolutely. into residential care? So underspending in in-home care is the greatest yeah. opportunity and challenge yeah. for improving the system yeah. and reducing the cost. Yeah. And if we can do that into the future, then rather than having too many people in residential care when our 85-year-old yeah. people are four times more than they are now... That's right. <laughs> It's um, that's the biggest uh, opportunity in yeah, terms yeah. of changing one aspect of the system. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little bit about staffing and um, you know the kind of changing, I don't know, workforce models, the way people, you know, the way careers work or the way mm. jobs work or training. Because it seems to me there's a huge impact then if you know if we're going to be redirecting our, well, not so much redirecting, but growing our work in that aging at home kind of sector. Mm. That brings with it a whole lot of different demands on staff or training of staff or recruiting yeah. or the way people work. Yeah. Um, are you seeing that uh, already? Absolutely. So yeah. um, two or three interesting facts. Yeah. 330,000 people are work, working in the aged care yeah, the system sector. across Australia okay. today and that's going to have to almost double. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. going to be a huge challenge. Um, because people are living longer and yeah. the issues of complexity of care are growing. Mm. Um, people need a lot more skill and knowledge than they may have had to have in the past. Yeah. And that's the case whether it's in-home care, but it is particularly in residential care yeah. where dementia is uh, requiring a lot more knowledge and skill base yeah. for personal care workers. Yeah, that complexity that we talked about, yes. you know, the needs are... Uh, fundamentally different now than mm. they might have been a generation ago. And perhaps one of the biggest challenges also related to that is uh, as a country, we don't value in terms of remuneration yeah. our aged care workers. Okay. So we have wonderful, beautiful, caring people who yeah. show love and care and concern each and every day they turn up to work. Yeah. And uh, the remuneration is $24 an hour. And uh, in a competitive environment, how do you value your staff? Yes. One of the ways is paying yes. a reasonable yeah. uh, amount. And that is going yeah. to be a, a significant challenge yeah. for the future. What's fair and reasonable in terms of the value that yeah. those people add to the community wellbeing? Uh, Jeff, can I ask, is your sense that some of these kinds of issues are going to emerge out of the Royal Commission? Um, is that, I mean, that's early days in that. Commission, I guess, at this stage, but are there um, any signs of, you know? Absolutely. So probably the main lessons from the Royal Commission are um, there are a combination of the ones that hit the media, which are the horror stories. Yeah. And very few organisations don't have a skeleton in the closet, including yeah. Wesley Mission Queensland and other yeah. parts of the yeah. Uniting Church, yeah. given the numbers of people we yeah. provide care and support for. But the main issues are... Uh, Almost all people who turn up to the Royal Commission say we need more staff, as in more staff hours. Yep. So typically in an age residential aged care, uh, given the complexity of care, a person might receive 2.8 hours a day. Okay. 
Um, and many it doesn't would, sound like a lot to no. me. No. So many would say it's more appropriate that you need to move that to four and a half hours a day when okay. you are caring for somebody from the time they wake up yep. through all the personal yep. care that you can imagine yep. uh, to the time they go to sleep and yep. all of the things that you need to do um, in, in, the, uh, in between that. Yep. Um, so that's the biggest issue. Uh, staff training yep. uh, and competency is the next biggest issue. Yep and uh, a regulation system that adds value rather than is overly bureaucratic. Yes. So one of the things about a Royal Commission is a government might say, how do we prevent embarrassment in the future about the system? And typically, as with the Banking Royal Commission, um, you need to be careful about what is helpful and useful regulation. And that's what we're facing at the moment. That, that again seems to be something that goes beyond just the aged care sector. This, you know, trying to mm. find the balance in terms mm. of regulation. And, mm. um, we could talk about, you know, a whole other range of areas there. Um, I just want to jump sideways a little bit and think about, you know, this this kind of growing population of over sixty fives, because one of the, th- you know, one of the things I'm curious about is that as the same at the same time as we're having a growing number, maybe we're having also a more diverse cohort there in our over 65s. Australia's mm. becoming increasingly multicultural, you know, as we know. Um, you know, so I'm wondering, you know, increasingly multi-faith even. So I'm wondering what impacts we might see out of that changing demographic in our uh, more experienced residents, if we can put it that way. Um, so we're not, it's not just mm. over 65 and all Anglo background and, mm. you know, there's a whole lot of different cultural and ethnic and... Mm. Um, language even, you know, all of those kinds of things. You know, is that, is that something that's kind that's of hit, a, home, hit home for you guys? Absolutely. So uh, we see it in our workforce. Yeah. Uh, so out yeah. of our 3,000 staff, uh, we have people from 70 different countries. Wow. Um, we have about a third of our staff who English is not their first language. Okay. That is both an opportunity and a challenge because yeah. the people who are yeah. needing care are also coming from different cultural backgrounds. Yeah. So the challenge and the opportunity is matching yes. people from similar cultures right and faiths yeah, yeah. and also from time to time being very careful uh, that you are not necessarily mixing cultures and faiths that might be at tension with one another. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and that does happen from time to time and uh, that does present yeah. a challenge in yeah. terms of how you yeah. manage that. Um, within Wesley Mission and Uniting Care, there's a fabulous element of pastoral care, yeah. trained ministers, yeah. pastors, etc., yeah. and their role is to make sure that not only do we explore spirituality and what's important for each resident, yeah we do that irrespective of a person's faith background. So we connect with lots of faiths, lots of different congregations, and we support people to express their spirituality and faith in a way that's most meaningful for them. Yeah. Um, A question without notice. How much are we likely to see, um, or how how conscious are we at the moment of things like voluntary assisted dying, um, of kind of changing expressions of sexuality, you know, and that those kinds of they're kind of new questions, I guess, for us in an aged care sense, or, or emerging questions. Mm. Is that is that a fair question? Absolutely. Um, um, one of our partner organisations in New South Wales, Uniting, Uniting, Uniting in yep. New South Wales, yep. 
They are one of the first uh, rainbow tick recognised organisations uh, okay. in their aged care work. Okay. So they have been working for a couple of years in terms of how do we support people who come from the LGBTI yeah. uh, community and they do that really well yeah. and they are sharing their expertise across uh, the United Care Australia Network. Yep. Um, so that's absolutely really important. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about technology. That's what, something we haven't kind of gotten onto. I, I have this, um, maybe I'm thinking of the Jetsons, you know, the cartoon from the 70s or 80s or whenever it was when I was a little kid. Yep. Um, yeah, are, we, are we heading for, um, you know, a time when robots are going to be looking after my grandparents Is that, uh, or my parents actually? Is that, is that the situation? Is technology kind of increasingly going to be prevalent, a part of what we do in um, a range of ways in aged care? There's a whole range of views about the future of the workforce and which will be I, I which best. which sectors are the ones yeah. where um, technology uh, will replace people. Yeah. It's uh, the combined wisdom that technology will improve what we do in aged care, but will certainly not replace what yeah. we all love, which is the human which is touch. The human touch. Yeah. However, um, the aged care homes that we're currently building. Uh, a fully wired Wi-Fi, yeah. uh, smart TVs, yeah. and we do everything that we can so that we have apps and systems so that a resident can use those things, be yeah. taught how to use those things, connect with their family overseas. Um, one of the things that's happening in our aged care homes in the next little while is uh, we will be using that technology to um, ensure that the Queensland Symphony Orchestra in many of its performances will be beamed live really? into all our aged care homes. Fantastic. And and also yeah. when we have uh, chaplain services and that sort of thing. So yeah. there's lots of opportunity uh, for that. Um, and there's lots of opportunity to improve efficiency, but people will always need the human touch yeah. and that's, yeah. that's at the heart of what we do in aged care. I was uh, hanging out with a minister recently who said uh, a marker for him of how... Um, life in an aged care centre is changing is that when he takes his guitar now, uh, the, the song that gets the best response is Jimmy Barnes' Working Class Man. Uh, yes. so, kind of going, <laughs> so maybe it won't be the symphony orchestra, maybe it'll be the Cold Chisel reunion tour that will be uh, beaming live into our centres. Um, that reminds me of a wonderful story. We have a uh, lovely uh, lifestyle coordinator and I saw her recently working with a man with dementia mm and connected with him and uh, he was able to strum the guitar while she played the chords and between the two of them, the song that he knew was Amazing Grace. Wow. So, uh, yeah, and that yeah. was first and foremost in his mind. So yeah. some people like Jimmy Barnes, other yeah, people yeah. like uh, <laughs> hymns, but the way Very is cool. how do you connect with people? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what we need to do with uh, yeah. all our aged care services find what's meaningful for people and see what we can do to help them experience that form of quality of life. I'm also reminded then of, was it two, two years ago at our Queensland Synod meeting, we had a little virtual reality display set up and people could put on the goggles and in this instance yes. could dive on the, you know, and walk on the deck of a sunken ship. But the, the conversation that was going around was mm. the kind of value of a tool like that in, um, in, in therapy in a sense of, you mm. know, in, particularly in um, dementia or in, in memory kind of issues and you mm. being able to take people back into the experience of a place that they grew up in or, you know, that had some significance for them. Um, again, I guess, you know, connecting people with their story. 
So most of our aged care homes do use uh, that form okay, of uh, technology. Um, and it does work and it's yeah. useful. But more interesting is, again, the human touch or the animal touch. So uh, okay. where people mostly connect with is the fact that we have dogs, cats, birds yeah, yeah. Uh, in our facilities. They walk up and down the corridor. They're yeah. part of the community. Yeah. And it's interesting that uh, that... Uh, connection with animals is yeah. really, really important really for almost everybody yeah. and the goggles and technology is important for, for a, few. a few people. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. the human touch or the, yeah. the things that people at all ages and stages of yeah. life like. Still, yeah, still resonate. Um, I, let me ask two final questions. The, the first, you know, if you can cast your mind forward sort of five to ten years... Um, and, you know, and given some of the trajectories we've already talked about, where do you think aged care will be in in sort of five to ten years from now? That's that's an open that's a horrible question to ask. No, no, open ended. Well, where do you think we will be in five to ten years? One, I have hope, but two, I'm also at the moment feeling a realist. So, forty five percent of every residential aged care home in Australia this year is suffering a financial loss yeah so does this go to that story of the center that closed on the gold coast just a few weeks ago is that it's one of one of the issues issues? so how many businesses or missional activities can continue to run at a loss year after year and if 45 percent are currently operating at a loss and it's gone up by roughly five to ten percent per annum over the last five years So, so in my opinion, yes, we are facing a perfect storm at the moment yeah. in aged care, residential yeah. and in-home care, yeah. and therefore I am advising our board that we will not reinvest in redeveloping new aged care homes in the environment until we get a greater sense of funding certainty. Yeah, okay. uh, my hope for the aged care system is that through the Royal Commission we will significantly increase in-home care services. Yeah. We will introduce a new higher level care package. Yeah. And those two things will mean that uh, we won't need as much residential aged care and we'll be able to provide a better service. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing that's happening at the moment is um, the good news is the not-for-profit part of the uh, industry or sector yeah. is growing okay. proportionally. Um, but a challenging thing is the smaller operators aren't able to survive. Yeah, okay. So there's a lot more consolidation in terms of size and scale, which yeah. you need in today's environment. Yeah. And that's where the Uniting Church has significant advantages. Yes. Um, and we are doing everything we can at the moment to utilise those advantages. So practical example is there's a national procurement hub. Okay. Another practical example yeah. is we're looking at insurance across the whole of uh, yeah. the Uniting Church and yeah. if we can do those things well, share our resources, yeah. then the clients or customers benefit and uh, we benefit and financially. And yep. so yeah. mm. So the second, I guess my last question really, you know, with all of those kind of things in mind and, you know, knowing that within, within an organisation like Wesley Mission Queensland or Uniting Care Queensland that we've talked about, there's mm. a lot of expertise what, what's the kind of part to play or the involvement in this for the rest of the United Church? You know, you know, we're a whole church. Mm. So that brings 
it's not challenges, but some extraordinary strengths and extraordinary blessings. Mm. So, you know, what, what's, what's in front of all of us collectively as we think about, you know, how we're involved in the lives of older Australians um, in this, you know, in this context? Um, one of my hopes and dreams for the Uniting Church Service organisations like Wesleyan Uniting Care is that wherever possible uh, that we connect with congregations yep. who have a common mission purpose yep. and that we can help congregations uh, connect with their community or engage with their community. And as a result of that, we can also gain uh, people who are in the congregations who will support our mission work. Um, I think that is one of the great opportunities for the wider church to uh, share the benefits of the services and what's available in congregations. So we are seeking to do that at the moment, particularly in specialist disability accommodation, okay. where we're building new, uh, new uh, centres yep. um, on uh, uniting church land, and okay. I hope that will be a significant part of and our focus. hopefully there's a partnership with that. That congregation, congregation mm. um, in terms of the kind of day-to-day -day lived life and absolutely and so on. Um, yeah. the overall volunteering um, yeah. for the sixty plus yes. um, my age group. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. let's let's become known as the church who volunteers more than any other church in the country. That's, Why not? That I mean, that's a that's a pretty fun target to aim for. Why not? The number one volunteering community in the country. Mm. Yeah, and we certainly have plenty of opportunity. We have lots of opportunity. Within our we, own world yeah. and beyond. And we have a history of it. So, yeah. again, look back to our forefathers. They're the yeah. ones that set up the yeah. first blue nursing and so yeah. forth. Yeah. So let's learn from our uh, history and let's learn from that commitment and let's do it even better today. That sounds like a pretty good place uh, to draw a line under this conversation. Thank you so much, Jeff, for coming Thanks, in. Scott. Hanging Been out today on the comfy couch here. Yep. Uh, and, uh, I mean, every blessing... Um, for the work in the, in the years ahead. Thank you. And it's been great to be part of it for 21 years here in uh, just, in the Uniting Church in Queensland. And a few more to go. Come and on. A few more. <laughs> Thanks. See you. Thanks, Jeff.